available on Spotify every single day after the show. Lots to get into tonight. Big weekend of sports all the way across. College football, another wild weekend. Missouri with a huge win yesterday over South Carolina. We'll get right into that off the bat. Elsewhere to come, one of the craziest college football games you will ever see between UCLA and Washington State. Pac-12 after dark chaos up in Pullman, Washington last night. That'll be the college football craziness segment of this week. And then finally, we're going to finish off with an interesting sports snippet, one that I've been waiting to get on for a while. We have an anniversary of one of college football's most hilarious and infamous moments. We'll have much more on that and how it relates to a game from last night coming up in the show. But I want to get right into it. As I mentioned, Missouri took a huge 31-14 to win over South Carolina yesterday. That was the first win for Barry Odom as his coach at Missouri against South Carolina. That's a team that's plagued him immensely in his time at head coach for the Tigers. In 2017, South Carolina was simply a better team. They were more talented. That team went on to play in a bowl game. The next season, that was another one that Missouri probably should have had. Ton of attention on that game in that environment. SEC Nation, the SEC Network's pregame show, actually came to Columbia and did its broadcast on Saturday morning. A lot of attention around that game. It was a 7.30 kickoff. Really big deal on that one. Missouri went up 10 to nothing over the visiting Gamecocks, and then momentum completely flipped on its head after a 67-yard Jason Reese touchdown, I should say. South Carolina's Debo Samuel, now playing in the NFL, was the premier kick-returning threat of the nation at that time. He housed a 90-plus-yard touchdown, which completely flipped the game on its head. Gamecocks drew within three and completely dominated Missouri down the stretch after that. 24-7, the Gamecocks outscored the Tigers back in 2017 for a 31-13 win. Missouri went on to finish 7-6 and six that season. And then the very next year, two teams that were in a very similar stature in the SEC East. That division was wide open at that point. Missouri was 3-1, and one, coming off a narrow loss to Georgia, only by two touchdowns. They had a bye to rest up and travel to Columbia East, and they were in control early on. They took a two-touchdown lead over a South Carolina team that had a lot of questions itself. But Odom and the Tigers could not hold on to the lead. They squandered it down the stretch in a back-and-forth contest that saw rain the entire time. Missouri ended up falling 37-35. to And then yesterday... Missouri off to a slow start once again, still looking for that first win under Barry Odom in 2019 over the Gamecocks. Tigers were 2-1 and one at that point. South Carolina entered 1-2 and two after a disappointing season opening loss to North Carolina. They followed that up with a win at home and then a relatively competitive loss to Alabama last week. But you still never knew just because of the state and the standing of Missouri against South Carolina under Odom. And out of the gate, you sure saw that early. South Carolina put some pressure on Mizzou, not at all on the offensive side, but more defensively. Gamecock stocked the Tigers on downs in the first quarter. Kelly Bryant, very inaccurate in the first half. The Tigers went to the locker room with a 17-7 lead. And the game was still pretty close after Missouri punted 
on its opening possession in the second half. But then the game completely flipped on its head. A momentum-changing call, to say the least. A record-breaking play. And that's where our story begins tonight. We'll get you the call from yesterday. This is KCUU Sports' Corbett Koslack on the call. Sorry, let it play twice there. Corbett did a fantastic job on that game with Daniel Virog. In studio, we were I produced the game. We were kind of joking that it was Corbett's flu game because he called the game while he was sick. You wouldn't have been able to tell it. He was able to draw it together there. More importantly, Ronell Perkins breaks a Mizzou record. Ryan Holinsky with a terrible throw. True freshman quarterback. A great story after his brother took his own life. In 2017, Helinski's hope, the foundation, a really cool story out of college football this year, but Helinski did not play very well yesterday. 13 of 31, only 130 yards passing, a touchdown and an interception that really hurt South Carolina. Ronnell Perkins, a redshirt senior, what a great story. A guy who stuck around in Missouri, had the option to transfer, started playing as early as 2016, but couldn't eventually find his way onto the field until late last year. Finally got the starting nod at outside linebacker, and he has not looked back since. And a huge defensive touchdown for him. That's something he'll remember for his whole life. And he set a Mizzou record. 100 yards on the pick six return. That completely flipped the game on a 10. Missouri was only up by 10, and South Carolina was driving down inside the 10. That would have made it 24-21 to 21 had they scored. But Perkins completely flips it and takes it back 100 yards. Tucker McCain would add a PAT, and that made it 31-14. to 14. Missouri would not look back after that. But I bring this up tonight. Obviously, because this isn't as much of a current sports talk show. I bring it up because it set a record, and it did so narrowly. 99 yards was the original record for an interception return touchdown by a Missouri defender. And believe it or not, that took place against these same South Carolina Gamecocks. Take it back to 2005 and the Independence Bowl a Missouri team that came in at 6-4. and four. They had a game canceled that year. They ended up playing South Carolina out of the SEC at the time. Missouri, obviously, in the Big 12. So not yet regular SEC East rivals, not yet battling for a trophy like they do now. Fast forward in the game, Missouri has gotten off to a less than ideal start. They trail 21 to nothing in Shreveport. South Carolina goes back to pass. Missouri's Marquise King, Marcus King, I should say. I apologize for the mispronunciation. Marcus King completely jumps the route and houses it. 99 yards, outruns a couple of defenders, almost exactly like Ronell Perkins' pick six yesterday. They look eerily similar, and Missouri posted on his Instagram page yesterday how similar the plays looked and captioned the photo deja vu. They were almost exactly the same. Anyway, King's record at the time was a 99-yard pick six. The crazy thing about that was it's on record as the biggest comeback in Independence Bowl history. I might have just given away the story there, but that was the absolute catalyst in the game. As you often find with college football, defensive touchdowns and special team scores 
or how to get back in a game. Like I said, South Carolina was leading 21 to nothing at that point. Brad Smith, you might recognize the name. He was a junior for Missouri this at this point. Quarterback the Tigers to victory. They put up 14 in the second. They still trail by two touchdowns headed to the locker room. But what a performance overall. And Kings really, really sparked it. The 2005 Independence Bowl, one of the most iconic college football games for Missouri. Smith ended up with 282 passing yards, a touchdown. He did throw an interception, but Blake Mitchell for South Carolina counted with three, including the one to King. That set Missouri up in the second half to stage a comeback. As I mentioned, trailing 28-14 to 14 in the locker room. Brad Smith busted off a 32-yard touchdown. Missouri missed the extra point. Eventually, they would roar back, still trailing by a score, and tie the game in the early fourth quarter with the touchdown and a two-point conversion. Who else but Brad Smith, his second second-half touchdown. Tigers would pull even at 28-28. to Missouri would take its first lead of the day. Adam Cross at a 50-yard field goal, take the lead with 10 minutes and 14 seconds remaining. So South Carolina, a disaster at this point. They led this game 21 nothing. How they trail 31 to 28. The Gamecocks roar back and put up a field goal to tie the game at 31. Josh Brown spent a couple seasons in the NFL, drilled a 30 yarder to tie up the score. And then who else but Brad Smith? As I mentioned, he had a passing touchdown, but he added huge, three huge second half rushing touchdowns. Missouri added the PAT with two minutes and 13 seconds remaining, and then a defensive stand sealed the deal for the Tigers. A comeback for the ages, 38-13. to 13, Missouri beats South Carolina in the 2005 Independence Bowl. December 30th, 2005. Just over 14, just under 14 years, I should say, away. We're coming up on the anniversary of that. But Marcus King's pick six was the catalyst in that game, not unlike Juanel Perkins yesterday. So that's your Mizzou Sports Snippet. That's the way we start off our show tonight. Still plenty more to come. As I mentioned, Mike Leach and Washington State sure had an interesting game the other night. And then we'll get into an anniversary of one of college football's most infamous moments relating to another Mike who is tied to the Big 12, Mike Gundy. You might already know what I'm talking about by bringing it up. We'll have much more on it later. But before we do... If you happen to be looking for live music at your event in Columbia, look no further than KCU 88.1 FM. Whether it be an event for your student organization, local business, or even a private party, let KCU's trained DJs provide the jams. Our DJs work with you to craft the right playlist for your event at an affordable price. For more innovation, contact Nash Walker at business at KCU.FM in his email. Once again, that's business at KCU.FM. One of these nights rolling on. We just touched on our Mizzou Sports Snippet. We'll be right back with the craziest in college football from last weekend and then finish off with the Sports Snippet on one of college football's most infamous moments. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. This is one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM, KCU Don FM, and the Green and Gray Box, and streaming live in the TuneIn app. Every Sunday night at 8 p.m., we record the podcast live, and then I post it 
every Sunday after the show. You can stream it on every podcast provider, including Spotify and Apple Music. So if you ever miss the show, be sure to check it out. Already touched on a relative new piece of Mizzou sports history. Ronnell Perkins had a 100-yard pick six yesterday, which broke the program record originally set by Marcus King in the 2005 Independence Bowl against none other than the same South Carolina Gamecocks. Elsewhere last night, a few more eyes on one of the craziest college football games you will ever see. Pac-12 after dark, quintessential. A beautiful rendition of the sport out of that conference. And a game that had probably the third most interest out of all the Pac-12 slate. Utah and USC, number 10 Utes, mind you, traveled to Los Angeles on Friday night, and the Trojans, playing their third-string quarterback, ended up topping Utah. What a start to their season. USC back in the rankings this year, this week, I should say, in the most recent installment of the Associated Press poll. And then on Saturday, a lot of people had eyes on Washington and BYU. The number 22-ranked Huskies traveled to Provo, BYU had already beaten Tennessee. They took a narrow loss to Utah, relatively narrow. And then they beat those same USC Trojans last Saturday. But the third game that had a varying level of interest, I would say, was Washington State and UCLA. The number 19 ranked Cougars had played fantastic this year under Mike Leach. He's really got himself a foothold in that program. He's been there for the better part of a decade now after a up-and-down tenure at Texas Tech. But, man, what a program he's established. Washington State was 3-0 coming into this game. Anthony Gordon led the nation in passing touchdowns. He still does. I'll get more into that in a minute. But they hosted the winless UCLA Bruins. Chip Kelly, the head coach there in his second season, has done quite the opposite. He's yet to establish a foothold in Inglewood. They're one of the youngest teams in the country. You'll give them that. And they're actually starting to recruit pretty well. But for 2019, UCLA, not an ideal start to say the least. They lost on the road on Thursday night in week one to Cincinnati. Cincinnati actually swept that series. They won last year in L.A. as well. Then they fall to San Diego State, a powerhouse in Southern California, at least among mid-majors. And then last week in their Pac-12 opener, they also come. Oh no, it was the big. It was against the Big 12. Sorry, t- Saturday night was their Pac-12 opener. They hosted number five Oklahoma, and Jalen Hurts uh, did very bad things to them defensively. And there was just not much that UCLA could do in that game. Overmatched in every single one of their first three. Widely considered, along with Vanderbilt, who's now 0-3 as well out of the Southeastern Conference. The bar none worst Power 5 team. But that did not matter on Saturday night in Pullman, Washington. When number 19, Washington State, kicked off against UCLA. Early on, UCLA put up a really good fight. 10-7. to after Dorian Thompson-Robinson, affectionately known as DTR, which is one of the best names in college football, at least one of the best nicknames in college football. Then Washington State started to pull away. 10-7, to the Bruins led after one. Aesop Winston rolled in a 28-yard pass from Anthony Gordon, his first of the night. 14-10 to Wazoo at that point. Just five minutes later, Terrell Harris, a 10-yard touchdown grab. 
21 to 10 Wazoo at this point. UCLA keeps things interesting. Demetric Felton, 100 yards on the kickoff return. What was it with 100-yard plays in college football yesterday? One in Columbia, another one up in Pullman, Washington. Big-time play keeps UCLA in the game. And what do you know? Gordon to Winston again. Three passing touchdowns make it four in the first half. 28 to 17, Wazoo starts to pull away, and then Washington State does what it does best. It starts to pass the ball, put it in the air, and pull away. Devon Tavion Martin, a seven-yard pass, make it five first-half passing touchdowns for Anthony Gordon. This guy came out of nowhere from Washington State. He was a four-year reserve, got a red shirt one of those years. Now he's a fifth-year starter. Unbelievable story there. Gardner Minshew is starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the NFL. Mike Leach just continues to pump out a quarterback factory. Either way, out of the third quarter, not looking good for UCLA. They're well on their way to 0-4. Gordon again, Renard Bell, 35 yards, 42-17 to 17 Wazoo. Desmond Patton, just two minutes later after a quick three and out, 49-17 to 17 Wazoo after number seven from Anthony Gordon. This is a 32-point deficit for UCLA at this point. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, besides a play that, that really gets overlooked in this game, Late in the second late in the second quarter, I should say. Thompson Robinson's got quite a cannon. Back on his own 30, he heaved the ball across the field, found his target, Chris Coda, at the 10-yard line, who flopped forward and was tackled at the one. So that kept it at 35 to 17. But can you imagine if he were able to connect on that? That would have been more than an 80-yard Hail Mary. Either way, Thompson Robinson in the third quarter starts to get it together. He scores in a one-yard run. 49 to 24 at this point. Then eventually, after a turnover, UCLA gets the ball right back, and Chase Cota once again makes up for that touchdown. 37 yards from Dorian Thompson Robinson. Now just an 18 point game. Once again, quick three and out. UCLA gets the ball right back. And they score 94 yards on a slant. Demetric Felton, 194 yards of all-purpose scoring plays on this night. 94 yards on the slant right. One play, 94 yards in 13 seconds. UCLA, after trailing by 32 points in this quarter, is now back within 11. Brewers get the ball right back after another interception. Devin Asiasi, a seven-yard pass from Thompson Robinson. Two-point conversion is good. Robinson to chase Coda. 46-49, UCLA is back within three. Then Washington State starts to take control, brings everybody's blood pressure and Pullman back down. 33 yards, east of Winston again, Anthony Gordon. There's number eight on the night. 33 yards in the touchdown pass, Wazoo up by 10. You would think eight touchdowns is more than enough, but it was not. Thompson Robinson made all kinds of plays in the second half, he looked like one of the most poised quarterbacks in the country. Just a true sophomore. He reminded many, especially in the broadcast, of a young Kyler Murray in that game last night. Three-yard run brings UCLA back within three. 56-53 at this point. And then Kyle Phillips, UCLA's first punt return for a touchdown, 69 yards, puts the Bruins up for the first time 
last night, 60-56 to 56 the score. Unbelievable play there, but it was perfect for the game. Terrible punt coverage by Washington State. Their defense and special teams really fell apart. And then wouldn't you know, Gordon finds Max Borgie, 65 yards on the pitch and catch. What This game wouldn't have anything else. Washington State takes a lead with 6-11 remaining, 63-60. No, friends, we did not fast forward to basketball season in the Pac-12. This would certainly be an average conference game out there. 63-60 the score, 6-11 remaining. UCLA gets the ball back. They convert on a fourth and 10, and that sets up this right here with a minute and seven seconds remaining. Is back in town. The stash is loose on the Palouse, folks, to raise the flag. And started the highlights a little early there. My apologies for that. Believe we've got it right here. Tiger Wi-Fi on campus giving me a little bit of a hard time and on this the highlights. Guy's made everybody miss tonight. Demetri- here we go. They do get it off. Felton's got it in his hands, and the playmaker scores for UCLA. And the Bruins have erased the 32-point deficit to take the late lead. Demetric Felton, who else? Third touchdown of the night puts UCLA up 66-63. to They put up a PAT. 67-63, Washington State gets the ball right back. Anthony Gordon has a chance to put up his 10th passing touchdown of the day. He had a clean pocket all night long. UCLA got no pressure on him whatsoever, but it was all for naught. In the end, Washington State ends up falling. Gordon is sacked. He fumbles. UCLA recovers. They take a knee and pick up their first win of the season, their first Pac-12 win. Absolute mania. And you know what the worst part of this game was? It was seeing a sad and baffled Mike Leach on the sideline. Mike Leach has an absolute grandpa look to him, kind of like, oh, no, granddad, don't be sad. Let me give you a hug. He's got a big, like, teddy bear feel. I was so sad for him because, you know, he's never been a defensive coach, and there was so much that his offense was doing right. I mean, his quarterback threw for eight touchdowns. But his defense and special teams absolutely collapsed. UCLA overcomes a 32-point deficit. And wins the game 67 to 63. I love Mike Leach so much just because he's such an interesting character. In case you don't know, he taught a class on war strategy and football. First off, that's the most manly class of all time. But second off, it sounds so interesting. And who else would you have it with Mike Leach? If you remember last year when Minshew Mania was going on in Wazoo, Gardner Minshew came out of nowhere to put up nearly 40 touchdowns for the Cougars last year. Now he's playing in the NFL. He adorned a fake mustache after a game. So many moments in the Big 12. So many interesting comments. You might have heard his views about weddings or his views on pirates beating soldiers after a big win over Texas A&M about a decade ago. I really love Mike Leach because like, he's one of the things that keeps my dad and I close. We love Mike Leach. I feel like we're talking about Mike Leach at least once a week. Even in the offseason, like he's making headlines, but here during the season, that hurt me to watch him go through that. I, I'm a big Mike Leach, like Mike Leach fan, and it sucked to see him go through that. And more importantly, the Cougars fell out of the rankings this week. They're still 3-1, and one, so they've still got an opportunity 
to be in the driver's seat in the Pac-12 North. But my goodness, what a game. Game of the year so far. Pac-12 after dark. Hope you don't like defense because uh, that game was certainly not for you if that's the case. What a game, though. And the, the funny thing about it was it started at around 9 central time. So, yeah, that one was late to say the least. And it ended up going well past 1 o'clock, but it was certainly worth staying up for. I hope you stayed up for it because that was a fantastic game. Much more to come. We're running this show a little short tonight, but I hope the ending segment is worth your time. The final sports snippet of the evening, an infamous rant and a college football anniversary on the other side of a break. This is one of these nights. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Sunday night here on KCOU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Garrett Jones here with you, hoping to relax you and make you laugh, mellow you out before you start your work or school week. Make sure to stay up to date with the latest sports news on and off campus by following KCU Sports on Twitter and Instagram. KCU Sports social media provides schedules for upcoming broadcast sports Saturday information, links to the latest columns from our talented staff, and so much more. Once again, that's KCU Sports on Twitter and Instagram for the latest happenings of the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Keep an eye on that this evening. We're going to be tweeting out the link to Mizzou and review. We just recorded the podcast. My good friend, Burke Bryan, did a nice job with it. That's a good way to end your week. He's got a, he's got an awesome radio voice. Be sure to listen into it. Keep an eye on much more. We'll have coverage from the Missouri football press availability on Tuesday as well. Tiger volleyball and soccer on the road. And then no Mizzou football this week. The bye week for Missouri as they prepare for Troy on October 5th. We have an anniversary today. And it is not one that you might be expecting. No, it's not the wedding anniversary of a big time athlete or anything related to Mizzou. It's not the anniversary of a sports championship or a record set. It's one of the most infamous moments in college football history. September 22nd, 2007. The date in this one. I will let coach Mike Gundy at his Oklahoma State weekly press availability take it away in a clip that you probably heard before. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. It's fiction. And this article embarrasses me to be involved with athletics tremendously. If you want to go after an athlete, one of my athletes, you go after one that doesn't do the right things. You don't downgrade him because he does everything right and may not play as well on Saturday, and you let us make that decision. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. I'm a man. I'm 40. You've probably heard that more than once. But the story behind it is something that doesn't get told a lot. 
We'll take it back from the beginning. Mike Gundy, you might know, was a prolific quarterback at Oklahoma State in his days in the late 80s. He's synonymous with that program. When you think of Oklahoma State football, you think of Gundy, whether it was on the field or now in his coaching tenure where he's risen to one of the most exciting and powerful coaches in college football. But it wasn't always that way. 2007 was the second year after taking over for Les Miles, who departed for LSU in 2006. He was born to lead that program, but like he said himself, he was only 40, still relatively young, getting his grip on the coaching industry. And it wasn't a picture-perfect year for Oklahoma State. 2006 went pretty rough for him. 2007 didn't get off to a great start either. Georgia had a big win last night over Notre Dame. They're coming up on Missouri's schedule on November 9th. But in 2007, Oklahoma State made a rare trip to Athens, and they got clobbered by the Bulldogs. Not nearly the powerhouse that they are now, but still a formidable foe out of the Southeastern Conference. And the Cowboys lost 35-13. to The quarterback at the time was a highly touted recruit. His name was Bobby Reed. And he did not play well at all. This was a kid who was touted as the next Vince Young, I should say. One of the best players of his era at that time, out of high school. He committed to Mike Gundy on the spot when he came for a visit his senior year of high school. And he got the start at quarterback for Oklahoma State on that night in September against the Georgia Bulldogs. Like I said, things didn't go well at all, so Oklahoma State decided to make a quarterback change in the middle of the week. You might know the name Zach Robinson. He was a four-year starter at Oklahoma State, a prolific playmaker. This is where he got his start. Gundy decided after a conversation with coaches, keep in mind this is a private conversation, it was off the record away from the media, to go with Bobby Reed at quarterback. And after that, Jenny Carlson, the next figure in our story, a columnist with the Oklahoman, decided to write a column that suggested that Reed was benched because of his attitude. Lots of camera angles, lots of photos, lots of firsthand accounts suggested that Reed did not exactly take the benching well. However, there was no concrete information to suggest that. And this is where the dispute began. So Carlson suggested multiple times in her column that Reed's attitude put him in a bad spot and resulted in his relegation to the bench. Gundy thought that this was pure speculation, and he took this actually personally, as you heard in his now famous tirade. But Jenny Carlson actually stood behind her column. She said it was complete facts. While columns are opinion, they're also based on fact, and I really believe in the facts of that column. Everything she said was apparently fact, which doesn't make that much sense if the coaches talked amongst each other and made a private decision about Bobby Reed. But let's put all that aside. Here's the That was from a YouTube clip as the primary source that used this video. YouTube.com slash KTO. You can find that video with the story behind the infamous rant. But the big part there, Jenny Carlson defended her calm, citing that it was rooted mainly in fact. Gundy completely disagreed. He felt completely offended personally by this act of the media. And he spread it out eventually over the entire Oklahoma State media Things were not pretty, as you can imagine, in press availabilities in the coming weeks, but they, too, eventually 
met in person and reconciled their differences. And Carlson is still covering Oklahoma State football at the Oklahoman. And Gundy, obviously, still the head coach at the University of Oklahoma State. Either way, this did the worst. This ended up the worst for the player that the column was about. Carlson's still there. Gundy's still okay. Bobby Reed went downhill from here. In fact, he took it personally that Gundy stood up for him and acted so bombastic. He said he felt shocked and betrayed after what Coach Gundy said. He said he didn't feel like he had an opportunity to stand up for himself, and I totally get that. Gundy was the one who was getting all the headlines regarding the situation, and Reed, well, he was just left on the bench. You know, it's interesting because he got the start as a true freshman quarterback, something that you're seeing a little more in college football now, but injuries got to him immediately, and sure enough, he lost out on the starting job permanently at Oklahoma State, barely played his sophomore year, and a game against Texas Tech in 2007 after this incident, Gundy opted to start Zach Robinson and play two quarterbacks, and Reed was never the undisputed starter again. Eventually, his junior season, he played very sparingly, threw less than 20 passes in the rest of his Oklahoma State career, and eventually decided to transfer to Texas Southern, where he played well his senior season, well enough to get a job in the Arena Football League, where he played for a couple seasons before the league folded. Either way, Bobby Reed ended up being the player that was hurt the most from that whole tirade. Mike Gundy's still there. In fact, he had a great night last night coaching Oklahoma State to a narrow loss at the hands of the University of Texas. As I mentioned on our show on Friday, Oklahoma State had beaten Austin, had beaten Texas in Austin five straight times. They had won that game eight out of the last ten meetings, whether it be in Stillwater or Austin. However, Texas did just enough to edge Gundy and the Cowboys, but there was no shortage of interesting plays in that game. Nonetheless, Gundy, after toying with the idea of leaving for Tennessee in 2017, got a hefty contract extension from Oklahoma State. As I mentioned, Jenny Carlson is still at the Oklahoma, but Bobby Reed's college career was no doubt altered by that press conference that fateful September day in 2007 with Mike Gundy uttering the infamous phrase, I'm a man, I'm 40. 12 years ago on this date, a big college football anniversary of his infamous rant. We're going to end the show a little bit early tonight. That's about all that I've got. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Fantastic college football weekend. We got so much to look forward to coming up in the coming weeks. Missouri football, as I mentioned, will be back in action on October 5th. Kyle Jones and Sterling Siemens will have the call on KCU. But between now and then, keep an eye on our content on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get podcasts. And keep an eye for our live broadcasts on KCU at 8.1 FM and KCU.FM in the white streaming box. But for now, that's all I've got. I'm Garrett Jones, signing off for the final time this evening.